0: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study for the July fifth, two 2012 edition. Welcome to the program. My Father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Jacob, great to join you tonight. Looking forward to our discussion. Uh, we always have appreciate the opportunity to get together with other folks over the internet spend a little time studying god's word
1: and we're looking forward to studying the word god's word with you tonight on the program the number to call is 877-381-4567 the email address to use is questions at collegeview.com and the chat room is open to the right of your viewing window if you're watching us live on the program tonight and i just realized something about the chat room as i uh, came in tonight i had to log in usually i'm logged in and if you see me over there on the right-hand side, that does not mean that you're logged in. Right,
3: right, and right. And so right. maybe
1: you're watching at home and say, oh, well, I'm logged in. It shows me as me. Well, no one else can see me. Only you can see me. And so you need to sign in if you're seeing that uh, to the right of view. And, and if like. you're
2: in there also, you notice that a lot of people show up as guests. Now, those are sort of anonymous logins, and that's okay with us because it gives you a number. We can kind of keep track of you by a number. It's a little easier if you go ahead and give yourself a, a pin name. Right. Either your real name or just a pen name, so that we can kind of keep track with your uh, with your input. But uh, we always appreciate people who join in the discussion in the chat room. You can call us. Did you give the number. Yes, it's toll free, and the line is open at
1: 877-381-4567.
2: And we're also watching our email inbox at questions at collegeview com. So there's a lot of ways to participate, and uh, we hope that you will. We think this <laughs> this topic we want to study tonight is one that we all can join in the discussion. I don't think that we've ever broached this subject on the virtual Bible stage. I don't know.
1: I don't feel good about
2: it. You don't feel good about I the subject. I don't feel good about the subject. You don't, I, do you feel, don't I, feel... I do feel good about it. Oh, it's you do feel... good. I'm okay. not just getting that feeling. Okay. You're just, the reason you're saying that, of course, playing on the on the theme of emotions in yes. religion. How do you yes. feel about your religion? That's what our topic is going to be. To our update list earlier today, about noon, we sent out the questions that we'll be dealing with the topic in general and some of the questions we'll be dealing with. Now, uh, if you want to get on our list and you're not, we always remind you, send us an email, questions at collegeview.com, put, add me to the list in the subject line, and you're there. So here's the questions we sent out. Number one, what are some of the common expressions and our actions that demonstrate how people place trust in their feelings and emotions in religious matters? Yep. I hope that in the chat room we can get everybody who's in the chat room to to comment on that question. You start doing that right now. I'm sure that all of us have had plenty of occasions to talk to people, and the very way they express themselves is an indication that they, they've put confidence in their feelings, their trust in their feelings about their religion, about their relationship with God. So if you're in the chat room, and a number of people are already, uh, give us an expression you've heard people use or some comment or action that you've observed that indicates people put lots of confidence and trust in their feelings their emotions when it comes to their religious service i think this is a huge problem actually i mean this is not just an academic uh discussion this this is something that really a lot, a lot of people are are carried away with this and led astray i believe
1: it is a huge problem and so that would be interesting to to talk about that maybe uh assumes the fact that uh religion uh, emotions shouldn't be uh shouldn't be your guide, and that's your next question.
2: Yeah, the second question is, are feelings a reliable guide? Now, we're going to talk about some of the evidence that people are trusting their feelings. Then we're going to say, well, is that a good thing? Should they be doing that? Second question, are feelings a reliable guide in religion? Number three, question number three, we said specifically in regard to worship, what things are often done to excite emotions? And are these things good or bad? I mean, I think there's some conscious effort on the part of some who lead religious services to get people emotionally stirred up mm-hmm. should they be doing that is that a good thing to do and then the last question that we want to talk about specifically in regard to preaching what should be the goal of preaching to stir the emotions or to give instruction
3: so, or maybe
1: you needed to see there maybe, that, maybe both maybe both okay all right
2: all right so uh, get in the chat room give us your responses send us an email the first question again that we're wanting you to, to respond about is What do you see as evidence? It might be something you heard somebody say. It might be something you watched someone do that indicated that they put in their confidence in their feelings, their emotions in religious matters.
1: All right. Let us know your thoughts. Chris in Georgia says uh, some common expressions are, I feel this is the right thing or it just doesn't feel right. I don't enjoy a cappella singing. I don't get anything out of the service. Some people... Demonstrate their trust and emotions by clapping during song service and holding up hands. So Chris uh, really uh, brings up lots of different uh, topics there.
2: All right. Before we get let me comment about what he said. But somebody in the chat room is acting like they're not getting, we're not getting out to them, Jacob. Uh, so uh, well, are others of you getting us in the yeah, chat room? Yeah,
1: we'll see about that.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Chris mentions, and I think he's got some common ones here, I feel this is the right thing or it just doesn't. Feel right. Well, those would be obvious expressions indicating that their confidence is in the feelings. Uh, or, I don't enjoy a cappella singing. I've, I've had people tell me that. I, I, uh, uh, and then he says, I didn't get anything out of the service. Well, what were you looking for? You know yeah. That that goes to yeah. what you're anticipating, what you're desiring to get out of the service. So, And then he mentions clapping during the song service, holding up hands, uh All of those, I think, are great things Chris suggested in his email.
1: Interesting things in the chat room filtering in, and your comments are welcome there. We look forward to them. Yes, 759 says, after asking my aunt-in-law why she doesn't use book, chapter, and verse, she emotionally said, it's what we believe with our hearts. God looks at the heart. Now, there's a lot of fallacy in that expression.
2: Well, God does look at the heart. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's That's the truth. But what we believe in our heart can be true or wrong it does not
1: determine truth it doesn't t- determine a lot truth. of people believe that um murder is justified in certain circumstances yeah that uh, god has forbidden murder so you know i mean wh- where do you s- where do you stop with that
2: uh you know uh, uh, good maybe a good uh example biblical example of that very sort of thing paul said in Acts 26, Paul was telling his story about how his life had gone. We know he had been a strong persecutor of the church before he was converted. And he, and when he was describing that phase of his life in Acts 26, verse 9, he said, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name yeah. of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Paul said, I thought. Mm -hmm. He he, he had good feelings. Uh, Other places he would say, uh, uh, for instance, in chapter 24 of Acts, verse 16, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and men. He he was talking there um, uh, about, uh, I think, times including when he was opposing the church. And so Paul's a good example of a fellow who thought he was doing the right thing, who was trusting his feelings. God knew his heart. And knew he was wrong. And Paul had to be converted, uh, change, and repent of those things that he was doing wrong. All right. Guest 272 says, it feels right
1: to me. And then Guest 272 follows with Proverbs 14, verse 12, where the guest uh, suggests the wise man warns us about our feelings and the way that seems right to me. Proverbs 14, verse 12 has to be included in this discussion. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Exactly right. Very good. So you good. can't just t- trust your own feelings, your own think-sos. So. right. Uh, I guess 2.11 goes back to a time in the Old Testament in which everyone did what was right in their own eyes. and uh, They were not pleased to God when they were doing that.
2: Exactly right. Uh, I've got a list of some some expressions that maybe would go along with the discussion. Evidence that people are... Remember, really our question is, what are the evidences that people are trusting their feelings and emotions in religious matter? How often have you heard someone describe a an experience they had in fact w- jacob just recently when we were interviewing that snake handling preacher from east tennessee he yes. used the expression better felt than told mm-hmm. well, that's that's emotionalism right right in, in other words he was saying well you know we were asking you how does god he he said to god we even tell him which snakes to pick up and which ones not to handle? Yeah. You know, how, how do you know? How do, does guy? How does guy? Well, and it was he, just
1: a feeling. It, it was a feeling. It, it Better was, felt. And than he told. couldn't explain it. There wasn't necessarily a message. You just sort of got a feeling.
2: Yeah. And so here's a guy handling snakes because he has the feeling. as well, of course he's been bitten and nearly killed by a snake, but he still feels he feels yeah. it's what he ought to do. Yeah. in um, a lot of those kind of assemblies, and you know, Jacob. You know, Harking back to that episode where we interviewed that snake-handling preacher, we looked at a video of some of the things they were doing there. Right. Uh, A lot of rhythmic music, sort of hypnotic kind of uh, preaching that it's done, clapping, uh, people claiming to feel the Spirit's movement, you know. Uh, All of those kind of things indicate that people are trusting their emotions. In those kind of assemblies, it's also common to hear reference to the mourner's bench. Here's a guy who wants to be saved. And so what he does, he goes to the mourner's bench and he pleads and begs and prays and urges until he, he prays through. That's the experience, he prays through. And he finally makes contact with God, and God gives him this feeling.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
2: knows that he's saved because, yeah. he, because he experienced this sort of thing. Um, uh, i tell you somebody else. It's not just the Pentecostals or the or the Charismatics, the snake handlers, the Mormons teach a trust in faith, in feelings over faith, uh, over over or, over truth based faith. If you've ever studied with the Mormons and asked them, how do you know that the Book of Mormon, the other writings of Joseph Smith, are from God? Mm-hmm. They'll tell you to pray about, it, and God will give you a feeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've asked them before, "What's that feeling like? How will I know?" They said, well, "It's just a warm feeling in your heart." Uh, I said, "Is it?" Di-? I've actually asked him. I don't. I, I guess somewhat disrespectful. I said, "Is it like the warm feeling I get when I eat Taco Bell?" Yes. And then they said, "No, no, no. It's not like that. It's but, different." But you can't. Uh, explain I said, "Well, it. how will I know it?" Well, that you'll know it when you get it. Ah. So that's what they say. I mean, I've actually engaged them along that line. Have you ever heard someone say um, that that they have a uh, uh, they just feel sure that they're saved? Um, I wouldn't trade this feeling for a whole stack of Bibles. And that's, that, that, that's a common expression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, a, lots of evidence that people are are trusting their emotions.
1: And Brad has an interesting comment uh, in the chat room. Brad says he quoted uh, Matthew seven verse twenty one. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter of heaven. He said uh, to a woman once, and she responded, I don't believe he said that. It's there in black and white. And the only reason she wouldn't believe is because those words hurt her feelings. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, in other words, here's something she didn't like, didn't make her feel good. So, Jesus, I just, I don't believe that Jesus actually said those words. Well, of course... Then the question would be, how do we know which words Jesus did or didn't speak? You know, we're going to trust our feelings on that, too, apparently.
1: Guess 759 says uh, that 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 expression goes along with what people say when they, or mean when they say that's what the Scripture says, but that's not what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So people say, "Ah, well, you know, it says that, but I just don't feel like that's really what it means. And
2: another comment from 211, what's right for you is fine, but my God is not like that. In other words, your God may deal with you like that but my god doesn't all right feel me i like couldn't that. i couldn't serve a god like that yeah.
1: yeah you know god lays out his characteristics and his demands very clearly in the scriptures but well i couldn't serve a god like that in other words it just doesn't feel to it doesn't feel to me doesn't make sense to me that god would be like that so i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna let him be that um way.
2: i tell you and we're just uh, almost up to our first break but i tell you another the, uh, common thing that happens that indicates people are trusting their feelings they either will or won't accept a certain doctrinal teaching because they said, well, my, my dear mother, uh, she believed this and I just can't believe that she's, that she was lost. Right. But you know, what's your reasoning for that? Cause I just don't feel, I don't just don't feel it. I don't it feel that she. Could, I just don't feel that my mother could be lost. She believed that therefore it can't be wrong. Okay. And so again, that's an emotional attachment to mother more than a commitment to search truth and find, you know, what is real. So all of those things are are indications of emotional, emotionalism in religion. People trusting their feelings rather than putting their faith in the truth of God. Yes, two eleven
1: asks the question: What about those people who would say, "I had a peace about it. I, I didn't. I just it just came to you know. I just I came to peace. You know, I just had this warm feeling.
2: Well, you know, I think that there's there's examples of the Bible that I mean I don't doubt that they have an emotional feeling. Right, we're not denying that you have feelings and emotion, and they can be quite strong. And you can come to peace about
1: th- things and be perfectly right with God. For instance, if you uh, if you didn't know that if you needed to be baptized in order to be saved or not, and you decided you should be, and you were baptized, and you had a peace as a result of being obedient to God, then then that's not there's nothing wrong with that emotion. In fact, that's good. Yeah, but, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch had one of those things. I mean, he he but, was very emotional after he was obedient.
2: Yeah, and so you got to get. The- don't put the cart before the horse. Emotions come after from the facts and the truth you establish you have a right relationship with God. Then there's a place for rejoicing. But rejoicing comes after the facts have established what's real and true. Then, then you're, you can, when you're aligned with the truth. Yeah. Rather than, okay. I, I know we've used this as an example before, uh, and I, but I think it's just such an, an appropriate one. In Genesis chapter 37, remember Joseph's brothers had sold him as a slave into Egypt, but they brought back his coat of many colors. They stained his coat with the blood of, a, of an animal they'd killed. They brought it back to their father. They didn't tell him, you know, Joseph's dead. They said, Is this his coat? And uh, uh, Jacob's, when he knew it, said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloths on his loins and mourned for his son many days, and all of his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and said, "For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning." Thus his father wept for him. Now, what about the feelings that Jacob had on that occasion? They couldn't have been any more real, right? I mean, absolute, deep, and genuine, mm-hmm. but not based upon the truth, right? And so, what we're saying is that's very possible in religion that people can get all worked up emotionally, but it doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it right. The, it, that has to be established from the scripture and we can't trust our feelings over the scripture the number calls 877-381-4567
1: the email address to use is questions at com, and the chat room is open to the right of your viewing window as well and we'll welcome your comments we're going to take a break and during the break we'll uh, look forward to hearing from you and your comments on this important subject what about emotionalism what about our feelings do our feelings matter Should our feelings be disregarded entirely, we'll get into some of that as we go along. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right
4: after this. There's more of the virtual Bible study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned.
0: Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on a virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time.
2: Here's some quotes worth pondering. Men acquire a particular quality by constantly acting a particular way. You become just by performing just actions. You become temperate by performing temperate actions. You become brave by performing brave actions. The actions of men are the best interpreters of their thoughts. Give careful consideration to the advice of him who loves you, though you like it not at present. Anger makes you smaller, while forgiveness forces you to grow beyond what you were. If you do not wish to be prone to anger, do not feed the habit. Give it nothing which may tend to its increase.
4: Man, wish I'd said that. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The Virtual Bible Study continues.
1: Back on the program tonight, and uh, we welcome you back as uh, we're uh, getting uh, situated here. Got a little dead air there. We did have dead air. Jeff is behind the controls tonight. We're glad that that Jeff was, is but here. that wasn't Jeff's fault. No, it wasn't. It was my fault. And uh, Jeff, uh, we're glad that you're here. How are you feeling tonight?
2: You're feeling good. That's good. We want to feel good. Yeah, well, it's all about feelings, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, that's yeah, what we're talking yeah, that's about, right. man. Who
1: cares? That's right. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. So we we talked about some of the evidence, and I think there's abundant evidence that people are trusting their feelings when it comes to religion. Yes. We're ready to go to the second question, which is a real simple one, but a very extremely important one. Are feelings a reliable guide in religion? We got some answers, it. Well, the reason you were late getting back to your desk is we're tra- we we just printed off some emails that came in. There you go. All right. So
1: hot off the press. Uh,
2: hot off the press. They're rolling in here. We got Chris, uh, who's our faithful correspondent, our, our most faithful correspondent, Chris in Atlanta. He says no, no, and no. Are our, our, our feelings reliable, guide in religion? No, no, and no. In life, we are in constant emotional roller coasters. Some days you feel you are riding high, and other days you are in the valley. This is completely normal, but for this reason, we should never base our eternal destiny on feelings alone. When you're down, you make decisions differently than when you're up. That is why God, in his wisdom, gave a rational, unchangeable source to guide our lives, his word. We must use this as a standard against which we base all our decisions. Many Sunday mornings I do not feel like getting up and getting to worship. But according to my unchangeable standard, I know that that is the correct decision to do. Uh, even on those Sundays when I never once regretted going to worship once I got there. But, but when I am in that middle fog when trying to wake up, I would make an entirely different decision if I did not use the word. So yeah. there's, he gives a, an example. Don't you know? Uh, if he trusted his feelings, sometimes he wouldn't go to worship. But since he knows that that's commanded of a faithful Christian... He goes, even if his, if his feeling at the moment doesn't point him in that direction.
1: All right, Brad is sitting in his comments. He's in the chat room as well. We're getting Brad from every direction possible, except for the phone tonight. Maybe he'll give us a call. Uh, Brad's, uh, he, he gave we didn't get his comments on uh, some, some ways that people express themselves to show that they are trusting in their feelings. I know that's what the Bible says, but I just feel that such and such is true. That's one way. Uh, surely God would or wouldn't uh, re- expect this. Doesn't God want me to be happy? That's a common one, especially in the area of divorce and remarriage. God just wants me to be happy. And so certainly God would think it would be all right for me to enter enter into an adulterous relationship. And praying for answer but never opening God's word to see what the answers are uh, that are already there. And so uh, that's uh, excellent comments. Uh, Those are excellent comments from Brad. And now, a reliable, uh, feelings are a reliable guide in religion. Brad uh, responds with, according to Matthew 7, 21 through 23, and Jesus' comments to the goats in Matthew 25, verses 41 through 46, no, they are not reliable. And in both of those instances, Jesus is addressing people who thought they were doing the right thing, yeah. thought that they were in the right yeah, relationship bo- with both God. Of
2: those, both of those texts, Matthew seven twenty one following, Matthew 25, 41 following, are pictures of judgment. And the people are basically sort of arguing with Jesus. They're taking off guard, You're saying, what? You're not pleased with us? We thought we were doing just what we should do. Yeah. And so, again, the, the, the reference there being on what they thought, not what the Word actually said. All right.
1: And uh, Billy from Trenton, Florida, is in the chat room. Glad to have Billy here. 1 Corinthians 2 is a good place to start, uh, what we should preach and how we should preach it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Appreciate okay. that, Billy.
2: All right. All um, right and then we got an email from Rodney I, I, th- this is a this is a, a clarification that we should add in here uh he says given the first commandment is you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength uh mark 12 verse 30 uh, uh, god repeatedly condemns hardness of heart he rebukes his people for removing their hearts far from him isaiah 29:13 it's clear that our emotions play a role in our service to God. I think that's uh, we gotta, we got to say yes to that. And I, I don't want us to come across tonight saying there's no place for emotions in our religion. Yes, yes. Very much so. But I think you already made the point, Jacob, about the Ethiopian eunuch. He, he went on his way rejoicing. It says right at the end of Acts chapter 8, I think about verse 40 or 41. But that rejoicing had been based on the fact that he had taken the time to, to rationally learn and consciously obey mm-hmm. the things that God instructed him to do, then he had a basis for the emotion of rejoicing. Yes, And so I think emotions got to be in the right place. Uh, he says, uh, one example, of the role of the heart is described in Jeremiah 31, 33, where it says, I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, they will be my people. In other words, God's laws are written on our hearts. Uh, uh, I think that that's... Uh, that's not saying that that's separate and apart from the, the written and revealed revelation of God's truth. Mm-hmm. In other words, we take it and we incorporate it in our hearts.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's not saying that, well, God wrote one thing on my heart. and He wrote something. He may have written something different on your heart, but I know what he wrote on my heart. And my heart tells me that it, this is what I should do. That's, that's very that, common. But that, And I don't think Rodney means that, but that's uh, uh, that's how some people would try to use that expression. Okay. All right. Uh, he, he gives an example from himself. He says, For a time I held to the libertarian view of pro-life. I was against abortion but concerned that a government that could control ab- or prohibit abortion could also mandate it. Given China's one-child policy and our own history of forced sterilizations under eugenics laws, this is not an unreasonable concern. About a year ago, I memorized the Ten Commandments right out of Exodus 20. Shortly after it, I was re- afterward, I was reading something about abortion and involuntarily snarled, Baby Killer. Just memorizing "You shall not murder" had had completely recalibrated a political belief system without me even knowing it.
1: So he was once saying that he he didn't think abortion was right, but he didn't think the government should maybe prohibit it. But then after learning more about God's word, so that's
2: but that's a I think what Rodney is expressing there is that he came to emotionally came to view abortion for what it is murder based upon the fact that God's word has always condemned the taking of human life. Yeah. Okay. Thank, you. Right.
1: Thank you for those Thanks, comments, Rodney. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions dot com. The chat room is filling up tonight. And remember, if you see yourself listed as me in the chat room, you're not signed in. So sign in and other people can see you uh, and uh, you can share your comments with other listeners. John uh, Duvall is in the chat room tonight. Glad to have John back. John was here Sunday.
2: John visited us at College U on Sunday. John's got to his... Uh, program i think they restart they've been yeah, off they on sabbatical be, but i think they restart next week uh, right. org on tuesday night yeah, someone Sunday. stopped me last night said i
1: tried to listen to john but he wasn't on yeah he'll be back tuesday night Lord next Lord. week i think 7 30
2: all right now um, think about this the the question is are feelings a reliable guide to religion you know the fact of the matter is we 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 know we we don't trust our feelings we in fact we urge people to be more careful in decision making than to just for instance if you had a, a young lady and she was dating this fella and he and you could tell this guy is just a cad he's horrible i mean he's an right. awful person right. but she says well i just feel i just feel in my heart that he's the right one you say don't trust your heart look what he's doing he's yeah. you know he's no good yeah you would tell her don't oh this is way too important of a decision right don't Just trust those random feelings in your heart.
1: How many people have been cheated out of money from uh, con men because, uh, well, they just felt like he was honest?
2: Or uh, here's an example of what I think is a sad one. Have you ever heard in the news somebody, they just felt sure that they heard an intruder in their house, Mm -hmm. and they got a gun, and they ended up shooting a beloved family member because they just were sure that there was an intruder in the house? I I mean, you could just multiply the examples... Of, of how dangerous it is to base your decision solely upon a feeling yeah you got to have some facts here
1: yeah
2: uh where uh, is there any place in the word of god for all those people and we've given evidence that there are a lot of people who trust their feelings for all those people who trust their feelings where's the bible verse that says that's what you're supposed to do oh i don't know of one uh, I know plenty of warnings about it. I don't know of any verse where you could go and say, there it is. There's the verse that says, trust your feelings. Your feelings will not b- lead you astray. I,
1: well, I guess it's not that important to people who feel that way, but it surely would be important to me. I'd want to know that God wanted me to, to respond that way. 2
2: Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for reproof, for rebuke, or correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works, every good work, uh, that we need to be doing is in the Word of God.
1: Guess 2:11 says you preach the Word and the Word only, and not what people think about it. Uh, Guess 2:11 goes on and says the heart is deceptively wicked above all things. I think it, uh, it says uh, that somewhere, and uh, and I think it will as, and uh, also references Matthew 7:21 uh, through 23 as Brad has. As well. No, he's,
2: he's he's looking at Mark 7. But Mark. For within Mark seven beginning verse oh, twenty four yes. within out of the heart proceed evil thoughts adulteries, fornications murders thefts covetous wickedness deceit lewdness and evil eye blasphemy pride foolishness all these things come from within and defile a man. Words, there I guess two eleven has said actually the heart is the source of a lot of bad things. Right. So how you, how can you trust in your heart uh, if it's not properly instructed? All kinds of bad comes from the heart. Yes, all right. And Brad says
1: trust your feelings comes from Star Wars, not from the Bible.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brad would probably know. What, what was it that little that little weird looking creature sitting, told uh, one of the the one of the the principal characters of the Star Wars movies that you know uh, do what your feelings tell you and, and so forth. That that may be good entertainment. That's uh, that's a lot of people who live by that rule learn to regret it. Okay, uh, we got a little more. We want to do a little. Well, this is the important part of our study. You can't use feelings uh, that's they, they cannot be trusted exclusively in religion let's deal with that a little bit more when we come back from our break all
1: right we'll take a break get this week's bullet point a uh, yoda, uh, guest yoda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Yoda. You that's, that's the weird looking well, thank little you, guy yeah. and uh if you uh would like to have your comments heard on the air tonight uh, give us a call the number's toll free 877-381-4567 we'll talk about feelings on the other side of the break don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this
4: got a question about something you've heard on the virtual bible study Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. This is Greg
2: Gwynn with this week's bullet point. A denominational commentator wrote, quote, The Bible is set in a specific time and culture, not a book to be put in the hands of some fundamentalist preacher who applies it literally to the complex problems of our society. Do you see it? He's claiming that our situation is much more difficult than that of the people whose history is recorded in the Bible. Ours, he says, is a more complex time than theirs, and thus the Bible cannot be expected to adequately deal with the issues of our time. Unfortunately, we've become a self-centered people. How common it is for us to imagine that our problems, our suffering, and our troubles are worse and more complicated than those faced by others. This attitude is clearly seen in this commentator's foolish remarks. It would be most interesting to listen as a 21st century Christian explain the complexities of his life to a persecuted Christian of the first century. While he sits at ease with all the latest conveniences in his comfortable modern home, he could try to tell one of those disciples who was, quote, scattered abroad from Jerusalem, Acts 8, verse 4, just how tough it is to live in 21st century America. Or he could list some of his so-called problems to God's people of long ago who were, quote, sawn asunder, tempted, and slain with the sword. Hebrews 11, verse 37. Do you see our point? It's so easy to assume that our own troubles are the most challenging ever faced. We all do this from time to time. When this happens, it would do us some good to stop and consider the terrible trials that others have faced throughout the centuries. For that matter, it would be helpful to remember the difficulties faced by many who are living in the world today. Stop fretting and complaining. Stop thinking that your problems are the worst ever faced. Stop being so self-centered. Remember others, living and dead, who have faced harder things. Be grateful for your blessings and develop Paul's mindset, quote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, Philippians 4, verse 13. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
4: Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and gather your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along. We're back on the program
1: tonight, and we do remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. We'd love for you to come and visit with us at any time. Or we'd love to hear your comments. And we understand a lot of listeners. Most of our listeners are listening to this in a recorded version. And I'm sure that uh, not all of our listeners agree with us and would disagree with us on many things. We'd like to hear from you at any time. We welcome your comments, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Those uh, contact uh, methods work at any time. Uh, We would welcome you to get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts. We're talking about feelings on the program tonight. And we've shown so far that they're a miserable guide and that they have led many astray and that we must be on guard against trusting our feelings.
2: All right. Uh, Guest 347 has has just given us a scripture reference. Brad responds that it's a great one. Uh, It's from Deuteronomy 419. Of course, admonitions, instructions being given to the children of Israel. He says, in Deuteronomy 4.19, "...lest thou lift up thine eyes into heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto the nations under the whole heaven. But God hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day." In other words, did, did you notice, they, you, you might look up the stars... And the heavenly beast and you might be driven, well, or you might feel compelled. The feeling, might we should build a, a temple to the sun. Yeah, you know, that's. I think that's what God's talking about. I think that is a great reference. New, uh,
1: uh, new, the New King James translates that uh, phrase: "You feel driven."
2: You feel driven you
1: to worship them. Yeah, yeah so that's emotions. I mean, and people have been. That's uh, emotions, right? And, yeah.
2: And 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 Moses was warning against it. Very good. Very good uh, guest. Three forty-seven. Appreciate it. Uh, Anthony is in the chat room. He says it's probably already been said, but our feelings are highly unreliable. Our consciences cannot necessarily be trusted. First Timothy four verse two. And our feelings very frequently lead us astray. Proverbs sixteen verse twenty-five. Uh, Brad adds Psalm twenty nine eleven a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. let's check on his feelings and his emotions, perhaps. Yeah. And guest two eleven says Uh, from Colossians 2, beginning verse 6, As you have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the base principles of the world, not according to Christ. You can be deceived, led astray, by those things. Now, that's, that's something along the lines that I wanted to bring up. If feelings are reliable in religion, then... Why is it that people who use that approach end up with contradicting positions? Yeah. Because the Mormons and the Pentecostals and the Charismatics and the Catholics and the Baptists all trust their feelings, and yet it leads them all in divergent directions. Right. If, if, If feelings are a reliable guide, how come people who follow their feelings are ending up in different places?
1: Yes, and maybe that gets back to the question: Is does it all does it just matter that you feel good about it? I mean, you can do anything you want as long as you feel good about it. You know, I can, I can uh, worship on Sunday if I feel good about it. You can worship on Saturday if you feel good about it. Uh, you can observe the Sabbath if you feel good about it. And I can say it's not required today if I feel good about it. Is that all that matters? God just wants us to feel good about it. He wants us to be able to sleep
2: good at night. Yeah, well, obviously no. Okay. I tell you another question that's got to go into this discussion. How do I know that, the, if if I'm trusting feelings, how do I know that the feelings came from God and not from Satan? Oh. Second uh, Corinthians 11, beginning verse 13. Such are false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Satan's out there working. And, and so... I've got this feeling, better felt than told, a warm feeling in my heart. How do I know that Satan's not causing that feeling rather than God? And if I'm going to trust feelings, I better be sure who, who, who the feeling's coming from. That's
1: right. And how do you know? There's no way to know yeah. unless you go to an authority.
2: Yeah, you know, the Bible actually uh, tells us that we're supposed to control our feelings. Hey, here's a list of some feelings, emotions that we're supposed to control. Supposed to control your fear, Second Timothy one verse seven. You're supposed to control your anger, James one nineteen. You're supposed to control your hatred, first John three, verse fifteen. You're supposed to control your love, first John two, beginning of verse fifteen. You're supposed to control your joy, first Corinthians thirteen, verse six, and so on. The Bible tells us to control your emotions. Emotions have a place, we already said that. Emotions actually are unavoidable. We're gonna we're gonna feel something. Yeah, well that's true. But but they have to be kept in check. They have to be kept under control. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly corrupt. There Who can down. know it?
1: There's the passage that uh, guest 2.11 uh, was, asked, was yeah. asking
2: about. Uh, Proverbs 14.12, There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, Jeremiah 10, verse 23, It is not in man that walketh to guide his steps. So over and over again, we we, we get the point that Feelings are not a reliable standard in religion.
1: Dell in the chat room asked the question, are we not told to question what we hear and see to make sure it is true and accurate? It is a good habit to analyze things before jumping to a conclusion or taking action. We regret many times things we have done on the spur of the moment when if we had stopped and thought before we acted, we would not have done or said it. And that's true. I mean, a lot of I mean, people have regretted that new car that they bought yeah. because they felt like it was a good they, thing. They,
2: took, they, they they, signed on the dotted line in a moment of passion, yeah. uh, just well, excited. It, they were so excited about it. was so about smooth that. when it accelerated. And they were so excited about that new car. Yeah, yeah. And now, now they're sorry that they, that they did. Or, Jacob, I'm, I'm, I know I've done this before I've probably told you about it. I thought I was supposed to connect that wire there. I was yeah. just sure that's where that wire went. Right. And then when I did that, I burned up the motor, or I, yeah. you know, blew out the transistors on this circuit, yeah. or whatever. You know. I was just sure that's where that went. Right. You know, but I didn't stop and check, yeah. didn't verify. Yeah. Now I'm paying the price for having followed what I thought was right instead of what I could have checked out and been sure was right.
1: I got the nickname Sparky at work for doing that one
2: time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's not always a good thing. No, it's not. All right, so we've dealt with sort of the second question there at length, but I think it's the really important question of our study hour, Jacob. Are feelings a reliable guide in religion? And as Chris from Atlanta said, no, no, and no. That's a good way to uh, give us a synopsis there.
1: All right, what about, uh, what about our, our worship? Our, our, okay, we, we,
2: our next question we ask specifically in regard to worship. What things are often done to excite the emotions, and are these things good or bad? Um, well, uh, in regards to exciting the emotions, uh, we, we already talked about some of the things that, that are done. For instance, rhythmic music, hypnotic preaching, hand clapping, uh, people shouting out, uh, uh, you know, praise the Lord or amen, uh, you know, lots of things. But, but maybe even some things that are not necessarily just exactly in that same vein for instance beautiful cathedrals throughout the centuries have been constructed for the purpose of stirring people's emotion yeah. in other words do I need this do I need this church building that's 500 feet tall with a spire that sticks up another you know 300 feet and it's got all kinds of elaborate uh, uh, you know carvings and engravings around it and it do I need that? Well, no. Well, why do, why do they do that? Because they want to get they want to stir my emotions within me. They're though. taking all oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh, exciting preachers. You know, there's there's a trend. Even I, I'm sad to say, even among some of our own brethren, I think there's a trend that that we want preachers, teachers who they stir the emotion. Oh man, they can make you feel. They can hold you in the palm of their hand. They just right. get you so wrapped up in this emotional message that they're yeah. delivering. The denominations have gone all that way. I I think even uh, some of our brethren are going that way. Uh, Special music, thrilling music. You know, we've talked about instrumental music in the virtual Bible study a number of times. But, you know, that music sounds good. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It really really gets your heart pumping. Really exciting. Yeah. That's done for a reason. Yeah. to, To stir the emotions. Uh. Other rituals like lighting candles or dimming the lights, oh. and again we're hearing of some of our own brethren do this: you know, dim the lights, make it get get it sort of very emotional atmosphere established. Then there's the clapping, the shouting, uh, the continual "Amen's," mm-hmm. uh, praise the Lord, all that. You know? uh, someone was telling about uh, that they went to a religious service and and all oh, those uh, they were Amen and everything and they, and the, and the preacher was all worked up in, in, in a froth and and he just about tripped over the microphone cord and and he said, Oh man, that cord I almost tripped over that cord and they said, Amen, praise <laughs> the Lord. Well that's meaningless. Yeah. You know that that uh, yeah. they're even amen and that he tripped over the microphone cord. Yeah. So, you know, but all of that is done with a view toward exciting the emotions. Now, our follow up question is are those things good or bad? And uh, what's our time, in fact? We've got a minute to discuss that. Well, I guess 272
1: says uh, dim the lights, hold hands, sway to the rhythm of the instrumental music which stirs the
2: emotions. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's exactly right. And that's what's being done. I think what's really disturbing, Jacob, is that we see some of our own brethren following those trends. This is very evident. It's not new. It's been around for a long time. It's commonly practiced in the religions of men. But, unfortunately, the people of God want to be like the people of of, of the foreign nations, so to speak. It's always been the case, and I think we see that. We see some imitation of those sort of things uh, in in worship services among uh, what would normally be conservative brethren.
1: The examples are numerous in the chat room. Guest 211 says raising hands, banner-waving, slow music, slideshows, dramas, and testimonies.
2: No, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we need to talk about the, after the break, though. I mean, do, do our our worship services need to be lack of any emo, lacking of any emotion? Do they need to be emotionless, uh, just sort of uh, mechanical? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And we'll get to your final question. Uh, what should be the f- goal of preaching? Should it be to stir the emotions or to give instruction? Or can right. you have a little of both? All right. We'll, we'll ask that question. All right. All right, we're going to go to the top of the hour after this. Get in and uh, get your comments heard now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this.
4: Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number any time. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study and hope to hear from you soon.
2: We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. About 70% of Americans have been married at least once, according to the 2010 census. But a recent poll found that 44% of Americans under 30 believe marriage is heading for extinction. That's via Time Magazine, November 18, 2010. The word of God says in Matthew 19, beginning verse 6, Jesus answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them from the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder.
4: Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program. We're back on the program tonight,
1: and we're glad that you're here. And lots of people are signed in tonight, and we're glad that you are as well. Uh, Guest uh, 381 says, Faith comes by hearing, not feeling the Word of God, Romans 10, verse 17. And indeed it does, but many are are of the impression they need to feel it in order to have faith. And uh, guest 211 continues with the examples, Humor, Oratory, and raising or lowering the vo- volume or pitch of voice, well, that could be, I guess, in order to maybe whisper. Uh, uh, again,
2: you know, someone says, "Well, is it is it always wrong to have any element of humor? Is it always wrong to raise or lower the intonation of voice?" I don't, not necessarily. You had to but, raise your voice the other day when my daughter was losing it. <laughs> but if it's done specifically to elicit an emotion, an emotional response or okay. reaction. And I mean, what's the motive in that? Uh, or you know, do we do we add? I think you got to be real careful with putting too much humor in in a religious service in and in a sermon. But if you do a little bit of that to illustrate a point and make it memorable, you know that I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But if the whole po- if the point of it is simply to get people's emotions stirred, then what's the motive behind using humor or using uh, lowering your voice, raising your voice? so forth i think that's a worthy question
1: uh guest uh, 759 references the televangelist joe olstein the, the the man that is such a smooth talker is the tv evangelist joel olstein he uh, usually begins a sermon with a joke completely unrelated to the bible and is uh more worldly this gets people laughing then he has a chant has a chant as they hold their bibles high then he preaches some motivational speech rarely utilizing
2: yep. one scripture i've seen that i've seen him he's got this 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 little saying that they all say in unison, Uh, and it's it's repetitive. Oh, really? Uh, But, again, that's clearly geared to stir up emotional response.
1: All right. Uh, Guest 211 says, the smiling heretic I've heard him called. So uh, uh, certainly he's not alone in the televangelist world. Adele in the chat room says, I am personally frightened when I am around people like that as I believe they have lost control of themselves and are pulled into a group mental state they follow in mass what everyone else is doing, and this could lead to f- terrible results. And it has in the past, and it, and it can in the future as well. Guest 211 says, what is ri- uh, the right way to show contrition or the contrite heart when we are invited to have? What if the cross causes us to cry? Well, what? Well, okay, that, that gets us into the subject of, is it right to show any emotions
2: in worship? I think it definitely is, and I think that, that Guest 211 has hit on the fact we're supposed to have a contrite heart. Uh, we, we should be sad when we think that our sins caused the Lord to have to die on the cross, yeah. and that might that might produce the, an, an emotional, a visibly emotional response. But what what got you there? Yeah. What got you there was the the truth, the true yeah. story of the cross, for instance, uh, yeah. and all of the elements that are that contributed to that very sad scene. But. And so it's not wrong to have an emotional response to the truth, but that's, that response comes from the truth, not independent of the truth.
1: All right. To Brad, in his answer, says, Preachers tell inspirational stories instead of teaching from the Bible. Song leaders or music directors pick songs for their musical qualities rather than their messages. In fact, some of those songs' messages have no biblical support at all, not to mention the purely instrumental pieces. I've heard of churches that em- employ dimming the lights to enhance the message. Dancing and clapping happen some places, but there's no New Testament support for such behavior. There's nothing wrong with an inspirational message, but that message ought to be based, for example, on Joseph, Josiah, Esther, or Timothy, or at least be illustrative of some of uh, some legitimate Bible principle. And a song in which the music uh, perfectly complements the lyrics is a wonderful thing, but I had better be able... To find a foundation for those lyrics somewhere in the bible with regard to dimming lights if you have to employ the, the, uh, theatrical techniques to bolster your message the message probably struggles to stand on its own anyway yeah thank you Brad.
2: that's right chris in atlanta says uh, many denominations use instruments to worship or speak in tongues neither of these are scriptural one act that can be fine is when a gentleman doing announcements the song leader in the s- and the speaker have a smile in their voice and speak like they're glad to be at worship instead of looking Sorry. and speaking like someone just shot their dog. <laughs> if the men leading in worship act as sometimes though
1: sometimes they sound like somebody shot their dog, it sounds like the dog
2: has been shot. If the men leading the worship act as though they are happy to be there, then that generally sets the mood for the entire audience. The converse of this is true. I see this as scriptural. We should all understand who we are there to worship and have an appreciation of what it means to worship the living and almighty God. We have an amazing privilege and should act accordingly. I I like what Chris said there. And I think that's the bottom line here. We were asking in worship, are emotions good or bad? What kind of things bring about those emotions? Remember when it comes to worship that our primary purpose in worship is to honor and praise God. Right. You know, that's the main thing. That, in fact, that's the, the principal purpose of our lives mm-hmm. is to bring honor and glory to mm-hmm. God. So, are we doing this for what it gets me? No. In other words. Is this a rewarding? I didn't. We earlier in the program someone said, used the expression. I didn't get anything out of the worship. Well, we want to get some out of the worship. But bottom line, what's the worship about? It's about serving God. It's not about self. It's about God. So in all that we're doing in worship, is it for the ultimate purpose of bringing honor and glory to God? As, of course, a, a, a secondary part of the reason why we're, a, and a secondary but important part of why we worship is to strengthen, edify, instruct one another. Right. And, you know, so if if they, they dimmed the lights and, and they lit some candles, you know what? I didn't learn anything from that. Right. I, I didn't gain anything from that other than a feeling and right. the feel that that's, that kind of feeling is not beneficial I mean it doesn't help me, yeah, so when it comes to worship, we make these decisions. Is it good or bad? Well, what did it you know where did it come from what's It's not wrong to have feelings we're supposed to have feelings, but where did the feelings come from? What elicited those feelings? was it based upon the truth of god's word
1: we have time to take your thoughts Uh, if you'd like to chime in in the chat room tonight uh please do so let's get to this question about preaching before we're
2: uh, we're just almost out of time uh in regards to the preaching we ask what should be the goal of preaching to stir emotions or to give instruction well in regards to that uh let's get chris's answer. the primary
1: objective should be teach lessons that are purely for emotion are virtually worthless an effective teacher will be able to use voice inflections and hand motions that stir up the appropriate emotions that will aid in the retention of the material. There's nothing wrong with this as long as there's substance there's substance to the message and the inflections and emotions are done decently and in order.
2: All right. And Brad uh, says both. we should, Preaching should stir the emotions and give instruction. He says we should look for both but the emotion stirred should be a reaction to sound Bible teaching not the other way around according to Hebrews 10:24 and 25 we are to stir each other up to love and good works but we do that with exhortations that Paul wrote in the words of Moses and Jesus I need to be provoked to sadness and repentance Romans 5 6 through 8 and any of the crucifixion accounts do that really well I need to be provoked to joy and Paul's teaching about my adoption into God's family in Galatians and Ephesians and John's record of heaven in revelation do a good job of that I need inspiration to be a better husband, father, and brother. And the New Testament is full of things that serve that purpose very well. When emotion comes first, we feel bad for folks who have made admittedly poor marriage choices and we rationalize divorce for reasons that Jesus does not authorize. When emotion comes first, we can't bring ourselves to withdraw from a brother who persists in sinful behavior because to withdraw from him would be too cruel. When emotion comes first, Jesus is only one of many ways to heaven, because a loving God just would not send millions of decent Muslims and Hindus to hell. When emotions come first, I don't look for a job because I'm waiting for God to lead me to the job he wants me to have. When emotions come first, we are so proud of our daughter for winning first place in the swimsuit competition. When emotions come first, we can't bring ourselves to push strict religious rules on our kids because we're afraid he'll push them away from the church. And he says, I could go on.
1: Thank you for that. No, uh, but I,
2: I think, uh, Brad, you're just spot on there. Uh, yes, there's a place for emotions, and and the Bible has plenty of information in it that would provoke us to emotions. But when we allow emotions to be first, apart from the truth upon which they must be founded, then we get into all the things that Brad just suggested there are are problematic. All right. Good comments
1: there. So I guess uh, Brad and Chris answered the question for us.
2: Yeah. uh, But I would just add a couple of things. I think clearly that... our our teaching and preaching should be primarily to convey a message so that people can understand it. Uh, we are commanded to understand Galatians five seventeen, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And if we're teaching and preaching, our objective should be to cause people to understand. And um, But with that understanding is going to come an
1: emotional response. It has to. Acts two verse thirty seven. Uh, tells about to people after peter 's sermon they were pricked in their heart, and that 's an emotional response. There was a guilt and uh, and shame that was associated with their sin and uh, and that's going to be a, a result of the word being preached
2: exactly right look look at the work of the apostle Paul, for instance, acts seventeen verse two Paul, as his manner was, went into them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scripture. In verse 17, he disputed in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons in the market daily and with them that met with him. In chapter 18, verse 4, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Eighteen, Chapter 18, verse 19, uh, he he entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Acts 18, verse 28, he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly, showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. I mean, again and again and again, we see Paul using the Scriptures to convince people. Now, certainly he wanted them to sincerely, genuinely, emotionally commit to do the will of the Lord, but his approach... Was to teach them the truth and get them convinced uh, of of what they needed to do.
1: All right, guest two eleven says the purpose of preaching be should be to build up, bind up, or stir you to repent or obey. Brad says we need to have some emotion when reading scripture. It drives me nuts when someone gets up to read, for instance, Psalm one forty eight with a monotone, barely audible voice. I understand that some of that is nerves, but man, do you really believe what you're reading?
2: We should. We should. It should be clear. All of our worship, for both the preacher, the song leader, whoever leads prayers, reads Scripture, it should be clear that we have a deep, heartfelt conviction uh, in, concerning the things that we're doing. Uh, but again, emotions have got to be kept in, in check in their proper place because obviously it's easy for people to let their emotions run wild and let their emotions become more important to them than the truth of the scripture. The
1: emotions seem to be the objective.
2: Yeah, for, those, reason, yeah, for those
1: kind of people, yeah. Yeah, rather
2: than rather than the result, they seem to be the objective.
1: Yeah, I think okay. that's right. Okay, okay. All right. Well, we've had a good discussion, and uh, you know, I sort of feel like we ought to just end it right here.
2: You got a feeling that I got a feeling. I, I, have you looked at the clock, or you just feel like well, time's up?
1: I, I'm, I'm looking at the clock too, okay. and, well, and as a result of looking at the clock, the feelings are following
2: here. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so we a Good discussion. I think an important one. I don't think we've really ever dealt thoroughly with that subject before on the Virtual Bible Study, So hopefully that's helpful.
1: Jeff, you've been quiet tonight. Uh, Any comments uh, from behind the desk? All right. We'll we'll leave it at that. Thank you uh, for the discussion tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you to all our listeners for helping out and for your good comments in the chat room. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for being here on the program. We hope that you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.